What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Learning Culture Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Barry. This is a sneak peek into the episode that we'll be releasing on Friday with Sarah Filipiak from uh, Bamboo Rose, where she is the head of Revenue Enablement. Sarah, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thrilled to be here. Yeah. So we're going to do a little sneak peek into the episode. Um, I've got five questions. You give me the first five things that come to your mind. Okay. No pressure. No pressure. Um, all right, so first one, what's the number one, and I'm using air quotes for anybody not listening, listening and not watching, um, number one soft skill that you prioritize, you're actually just starting a new role now. So what is that number one soft skill that you think this team needs? Oh, goodness, self-awareness. Oh, yes. Going for the most, I love that. That's Sorry, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think that if you don't know who you are and you don't know how to have a little bit of humility and know your shortcomings, know your strengths, know your weaknesses. It's going to yeah. be nearly impossible. That's the first I, thing that I um, uh, interview for too. So. Amen. Amen. Wow. Okay. So that is a really great teaser into the, the full episode, which if you're listening to this, as this has come out, Sarah's full episode will come out this the, the Friday after this coming Friday. So yeah, it, there's an amazing story that Sarah shares right at the beginning, which I think is just the epitome of self-awareness and, and everything that comes from that. So um, beautiful answer there, Sarah. So question two, how how do you get leadership to buy into the initiatives that you want to roll out? Authenticity. I think that leadership is the exact same thing as being a great seller. It's the ability to tap into the person in front of you, understand who they are, what they care about most, and how are you going to utilize all of who you are and all of your skill to help them mitigate the gap between where they are versus where they want to be. And I think uh, when you do that in the most empathetic and authentic way possible, um, that's alchemy. Uh, I love that. Um, okay. The next question. So we spent a lot of the, the the main episode talking about onboarding. It's a big passion area for yours. It's obviously one of the first things you're thinking about in your new role. Um, I think the next well, yeah, the next three questions could apply to a lot of things, but I'm curious kind of through the lens of onboarding to, to get your thoughts. So question three is how do you give people, sellers, the revenue team members, time to reflect? I think that that has to be a critical component of the entirety of onboarding. So the way that I build onboarding systems is it's truly self-discovery. So over the course of an onboarding program, I actually like to do it via immersion where I'm giving the seller a topic, but I'm not giving them the answer. So I kind of wow. take the opposite approach that most companies do, where they are going to give you the play-by-play. -play, they're going to give you the, the playbook. They're going to give you the Excel spreadsheet. They're going to give Talk you the pre-recorded demos. Yeah. Absolutely. They're going to spoon feed it to you. Right. That learner is not going to embody a thing. That's where most training goes wrong. You're not leaving space for that person's curiosity. The way people learn is they need to be invited into the conversation and meant to be a part of that conversation, right? So uh, the way that I design onboarding programs is I give them a topic and then I don't give them the answer. I want the rep to think critically through the lens and I'll give them either a persona, I will give them um, a frame that I want them to just start thinking through as closely through uh, that lens as they as they possibly can. Maybe they've never been a CIO or a C CFO before, but yeah. I truly want them to ingratiate themselves to that person as much as they possibly can assume 
And then I want them to pretend, oh my goodness, well, maybe it's my butt on the line yeah. if we're not able to deliver on our performer analysis this year. And I want them to start thinking critically through the lens throughout the entirety of what that onboarding immersion is going to be. So they're actually starting to learn the concepts, they embody them within their own tone of voice, their own uniqueness, so that when they take this and you know, the gloves come off, so to speak, and they're out of like the safe practice environment. Yeah. We demystified, you know, that process 40 hours over the course of a single week where hour over hour, we've actually leveled them up yeah. and they've built the tools and their own mastery and their own tone of voice that when they're unleashed into the wild, you know, come Monday morning, it's actually, it's a no brainer. It just, yeah. we built the muscle memory. It Mus comes to yeah. Me. yeah. So yeah. Love it. love it. That's a lovely, comprehensive answer. Um, okay, so fourth question is, how do you encourage people, especially veterans and less experienced, how do you encourage the process of teaching happening so that you're not always having to be the one that's sort of the facilitator or teacher? I've got to be honest, I probably struggle with that one a lot because yeah. I'm so used to being a one-woman show and just naturally assuming all hats are on my head. But honestly, learning takes place when you hear from as many different vantage points and perspectives as you possibly can. So I was fortunate enough to work uh, when I was at Coupa, actually, I had a couple team members that when they came to their onboarding program and they went through the same immersion that I deployed for them, they ended up ramping so quickly and doing such an outstanding job in their own right that I invite them back to come back as mentees or uh, mentors, essentially. Uh -huh, so they uh -huh. were essentially teaching assistants and they would lead several of the breakout conversations. And I think sometimes that actually really helps. Not sometimes, actually all the time. Yeah, I love that. People get used to only one tone of voice, right? They uh -huh. need to be able to think critically because when they encounter someone in the field, it's not going to be Sarah role-playing with them anymore. Yeah, exactly. They need to communicate with someone that maybe is a little bit more blunt, direct, someone who's more uh -huh. analytical in nature. Um, and I think that inviting more and more people into the conversation only, it, it's the same thing as batting practice, right? If you go into yeah. batting practice, you don't want them to just throw a fastball at you. The same picture, right? Ball. Exactly. You have to the curveball. You have to yeah. encounter, I don't know, I'm, I'm not a baseball girl. I'm a <laughs> that's that's girl. good enough. That's good <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great analogy. And I think, uh, yeah, I think that's um, a, a good, a sort of an underrated benefit of, of doing, of getting that right, of, of encouraging the teaching is that there is this, because the other thing is that people, everyone learns differently. And so someone might say something, the same thing you said, but say it in a way that just clicked for one person that what, you know, what you said didn't click for them. And so there's just so many benefits to that. So I love, I love that, just getting different voices involved. Okay. So last question. So as, um, you know, as, as a, say an onboarding process is rolling out and um, a lot of great, like I often find a lot of the really good conversation is happening amongst the people that are going through it. Right. Um, and, and even in like, you know, bringing in a veteran to share their experience, et cetera. How are you thinking about capturing all these ideas and insights for future use? That is such a great question. So I've been working to record as much as I possibly can in some of these live cohorts, because all of these amazing aha moments, they're happening all over the place. It's like, bing, 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 and you want to yeah. capture all of them. Yeah. Every single one of them is gold, and you want to be able to provoke those kinds of moments over again for future learners, right? So I think employing as much as you can, the ability to capture the moments, right? And make sure yeah. that people feel 
I think it also comes back to psychological safety, though, too, right? Because if they yeah. do not feel safe within that given classroom, that given cohort, if we're not making space for everyone to feel seen, heard, valued, we're not going to capture those ahas in the first nah. place. So I think there's a level of trust and respect that's foundational in the way that I teach. I want people to understand that I'm a people, you're a people, we're literally just doing the people thing. And that's <laughs> that, that translates in every facet of life. You're going to go yeah. into same conversations where you're going to be talking to CEOs and boards of directors and all these people with fancy, fancy titles. Well, guess what? You're still a valuable person. And when you go into those conversations, if you come from a place of lesser than and you power, uh -huh. and you don't allow yourself to be fully seen, heard, valued, you're going to enter the conversation from a place where subconsciously it's going to manifest in that person devaluing what uh -huh. you have to uh -huh. do. So uh -huh. you want to make sure that every relationship that you're establishing you want to do it from a place of empathy and humility, I think, where I'm coming into a conversation. I, I'm not exactly sure where it's going to go, but I'm going to choose to be present. I'm going to offer all that I can. And yeah. I'm going to do so in a manner that is going to be respectful and supportive of that other person's vantage point, regardless of where the conversation turns. Yeah. And by allowing that psychological safety to take place, you're going to have a much broader discourse. You're going to have yeah. so many more aha moments. Uh, worthy of capturing because that person feels safe and that they matter and that they belong in that conversation in the first yeah. place. So then you jot them down furiously. <laughs> I typically, I live at the whiteboard whenever I nice. deploy boarding where I'm just like, oh, that's a really good one. Let's capture that. Yeah. Everyone yeah, and I just yeah. try and create as many immersive materials because I also try and make learning three-dimensional. People yeah. do not learn when they you just talk at them. So I All want right. Uh, if if someone has an aha moment, I want them to capture that, put it in your own notes. I want it to come in your tone of voice because yeah. your words are not my words, right? Yeah. So it's it's just bringing learning to life in as common sense and relatable of a sense as is applicable for the given participant. I love it. You mentioned how like you get into a conversation, you don't know where it goes. That's what it feels like being in a conversation with you in the best possible way because you have this oh. uncanny <laughs> knack of like taking things down to first principles which then being brings up so many interesting jump off points um this was really really fun sarah the for everyone listening there's just so much more of this good stuff in the full episode which will come out later this week so if you are stumbling upon this for the first time make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that and definitely go check out Sarah's LinkedIn because she puts out some really cool videos that are also little like vignettes of all of this type of stuff we've been talking about. So we'll include links to that in the show notes. Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. Really appreciate it. Hello, hello. I hope you enjoyed that episode. It's Andrew again with a quick message. If you'd like to support the show, the best way to do that is to leave us ratings and reviews where you listened. If you're on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe buttons and feel free to leave a comment. We love hearing from our listeners and viewers. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please take the time to give us a rating and leave a review. Once again, we love hearing from our loyal listeners. If you're listening to this on Spotify, please hit the follow button to make sure that you don't miss new episodes as they come out. See you next week for another episode of the Learning Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening.